What's up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Dream a Little, the podcast that's all about helping you feel confident about ABDL. I'm your host, Lo. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is a little bit different because we're going to be talking about some dark elements of dark age play. So I'd like to give you a little warning if you're triggered by elements of BDSM or some of the more sexual things that have to do with age play, this probably isn't the right episode for you. But if you're into dark age play or you're curious about it, stay tuned because you're going to learn a lot from this episode. Our guest goes by the name of Panda. If you want to connect with him, you can find all his contact info in the show notes of this episode at thelittlelounge.com slash 144. That's also where you're going to find a preview of my latest Nurturing Mommy roleplay and a link to get access to over 20 roleplays plus a new one every Monday for just five bucks a month. We just hit 500 members, which is really exciting. Thank you guys so much for joining. Again, the link to all of this is going to be at thelittlelounge.com slash 144. Okay, I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's get started. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm really excited to be talking to you right now because I feel like I'm about to learn some new things about age play that I didn't know before. I hope so. Yeah. So before we get started with some of these questions, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you identify as within the ABDL community. Absolutely. So I identify as a top-leaning switch uh, in all things when it comes to kink, sort of 70% top-leaning and 30% bottom-leaning. And I identify as a sensualist, someone who likes to make other people feel good and have uh, good sensations, feel happy, things like that. And I kind of started into the lifestyle as a DL with sort of submissive and little tendencies, but evolved through puberty to be more of like a daddy, caregiver, dominant type figure. Wow, I can really relate to a lot of that. First of all, I've never heard the term leaning like top leaning bottom leaning okay. that's really cool so you're just when you say that you mean you're you're a switch but your your tendencies tend to be more of a dominant side exactly yep okay cool like most of the time you prefer it but like every now and then you'll kind of get into that little space or that <laughs> the submissive space yep absolutely you nailed it right on the head that's completely correct awesome cool i'm learn i'm already see i'm already learning new stuff <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. So how did you discover, you know, that you were into being a DL, basically? I'm kind of like a lifer. Um, I remember from my early childhood, being kind of oddly drawn to things like diapers and nursery toys and items and rope was another one that I just found myself playing a lot with, like even before I knew what sex or anything like that was. And as I kind of grew up, I found myself wanting to do odd things. And um, I remember trying to get my friends to let me tie them up with ropes and play try to escape. I remember playing house with friends. I always wanted to be the baby, kind of like subliminally in a, in a way. And uh, as I as I grew up, I discovered a little bit more about why I was the way I was and why I was drawn to different things. And I discovered kink in general. But it was a little bit tough because I did grow up in a Christian household um, and there was uh, a lot of ABDL shame. I'm sure a term that a lot of people, uh, a lot of us know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> and uh, it was 
it was a little bit tough for a while there. Uh, I found the community uh, at a pretty early age. I, I don't certainly don't condone minors in kink, but I did come across internet sites and things online before I was 18. Um, stayed private with all of it until I turned 18, but it was a huge relief finding some comfort knowing that there's others like us out there. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I'm curious, you said you're very into rope, right? From a young age, Mm -hmm. would you say that your DL tendencies and your rope tendencies are like at the same level or are you more of a DL or like more into rope? So I would say that ABDL in general has always been my primary at the top of my interest slash desire fantasy list. Um, Something that's always appealed to me the, the most but rope is a very close second and bondage and some other BDSM things are along the same lines, but ABDL and being a DL is kind of at the top for me. Cool. And they, and somehow you put them both together, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what this is, is all about is that th- there is this ability to combine all these awesome, exciting things into one package and to enjoy them all kind of together. Right. And that's where dark age flight comes into play, right? Absolutely. Okay, so I'm imagining some weird things going on in my head. You know, so like, (laughs) is regression also part of dark age play? Or is it separate? Or I guess it depends on the person, right? But but for you personally, it absolutely can be Um, with a lot of these things um, with dark age play in general. It's very couple slash person specific. Um, you can really make dark age play be whatever you and your partner want it to be. If you feel pleasure, enjoyment out of regressing and combining different aspects of BDSM or combining bondage into regression, then sure, do that. I know personally some littles and some ABDLs who like to keep regression and ABDL separate from other desires and sexual interests that they have. So it, it all comes down to the person and the couple or, or what they, whatever those people want to do. What about for you personally? For me personally, I do enjoy bringing as much of the, um, the BDSM and kink world into my ABDL relationships, both as a top and as a bottom. I find age play to be very enjoyable. And I find all of these other things to be enjoyable. So putting them all together just makes it a a much more lovely experience. That's great. So have you experienced all this in real life? Or are these mostly like fantasies? Oh, no, I mean, absolutely in real life. I don't know why it's just always been kind of easy and natural to bring these sorts of things to partners and relationships in my life. Um, There's definitely been a, a few individuals who weren't okay with all of them. And that's okay too. You don't have to be open to all these things, but I've always found it very natural to bring them to real life. Do you find that you're naturally attracted to people who are more on the kinky side of things, even if it's not necessarily age play? Yes and no. I've had several, I've had as many vanilla relationships as I've had lifestyle relationships, but it is a very attractive. It's very attractive to me if a partner or someone is open to and interested in those things. Oh, absolutely. So, are any of these people that you've dated or played with like they're ABDL themselves? Yes, I've had a few different partners over the years. Um, I've done everything from 
a vanilla partner and introducing ABDL and HPlay to that sort of dynamic. I've had dynamics where they were open to just BDSM and not HPlay, and I've had completely vanilla relationships where <laughs> they're not open to either. <laughs> That's got to be tough, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it, it's interesting to see how different dynamics kind of progress and, and evolve whether they have kink or no kink in them. Yeah. Have you ever been surprised by someone who was vanilla that you kind of introduced to it? Maybe they started liking it more than you expected? Absolutely. I would say absolutely. My most recent partner, actually, who I just met uh, maybe like a month ago, uh, things have been going really well. And she was completely vanilla. We um, we met at church. She had no idea what kink even meant. <laughs> and over the course of the past month, I've been slowly introducing her to different things and explaining things. And she now identifies as a little. Just the other night, we were uh, snuggled up on the couch. She um, she put a pacifier in and she was um, holding a stuffy of mine very tightly. And she was she was all about it. She said she she was surprised that she has these strong emotions and this strong connection to something that she didn't even know existed a month ago. Oh my gosh, you know, I love hearing that so much. I mean, that's that's just awesome because, I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't have as good of, I, I don't want to say luck, but you know what I mean? Like a success it's story true. like that. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, from hearing your different podcasts, it sounds like you've uh, had some success stories and some unsuccessful stories in your past as well. Isn't that correct? Oh, yeah, that's how I kind of you know, that's how I had to learn because there wasn't really a resource on online like this. But okay, wait, like, let's let's back up a little bit. Sure. So you meet this girl at church, right? So I mean, mm -hmm. you can you might assume that she's more conservative. Correct. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you approach this situation with someone who maybe you just like, how did you know that it would be okay to talk about this kind of stuff? So I've had <sighs> I didn't know that it was going to be okay, but over the course of having a couple other failed attempts at telling people and going months and months into a dynamic or a relationship without telling someone and then introducing it that far down the line and having them reject or not be okay with something like kink, it's now kind of important to me that we go over some of those things or at least bring them up, the topics up ahead of time so that we slash I know that we're not getting into something that we're not going to be happy with down the line. It's so important. It's so, so important. I'm with you on that 100%. <laughs> but even though it's important, obviously, it's easier said than done, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it was pretty simple. I mean, we just, we we sat down over dinner. She had some things that she wanted to share about her past. I kind of gave her uh, a little bit of my life story and um, discussed how I came to realize I was the way I was through childhood. I explained the, the good things about kink, how it builds intimacy, how it's a way to explore different kinds of pleasure that you wouldn't be able to in a normal vanilla relationship, how it can kind of make your partner happy and satisfied in a way that other relationships might not be able to do. And um, just presenting it to her in a really positive way, as your podcast kind of recommend to do, she was really on board with all of it and she was maybe hesitant or a little bit reserved, but she said, I mean, Hey, if it, if we try it and it feels good and it works for us, then that's a great thing. Oh, wow. Okay. So how did you actually introduce the role playing? Like, what did you start with? So we talked about BDSM because it's probably one of the most popular aspects of 
kink I would say out there that most people at least hear the phrase and they know what you're talking about. And from that, we kind of I explained to her what power exchange is and how one person can kind of tend to be more dominant. The other person can be a little bit more submissive or give control over to the other person. And then we talked about rules and how um, we could kind of just have a pretty regular relationship, but have these things that I expected of her. And if she was not able to do them, then we could agree on some discipline or some things to help maybe increase or uh, achieve the the rules in the future. And she was down with all of it. She said, I mean, it came up with cute rules like, oh, you have to hold my hand when you cross the street. Um, you have to say something positive about your day every night before bed. Aww. And since everything was very positive and good, she was on board. That's that's great. So are punishments where the dark age play comes in? <laughs> that's a great question. I think to an extent, yes and no. You can have dark age play outside of punishments and you can definitely incorporate punishments into dark age play. I would kind of define dark age play, and I think a lot of the, a lot of the prominent community community members would describe dark age play as anytime you're combining any BDSM activities or techniques into age regression or ABDL or age play of any kind. So when when those two worlds collide, then you have dark age play. There's also some other definitions. There's like a definition that it refers to like dark age play being like spooky or horror themed. If there's like dark goth Mm -hmm. aesthetics, that's kind of dark age play. And there's also like another less common definition about like incestuous relationships being dark age play. I don't necessarily ascribe to either of those definitions, but going back to your question, you can have BDSM elements in your ABDL dynamic that aren't punishment. So you can have dark age play without punishment is is the answer, I guess. Okay. So how does a scene like that kind of start? Like, I feel like the scene starts and you're like already in trouble, but I'm, I just associate <laughs> like these kind of like the domination, the domination coming in from like a punishment. So like, I'm just curious mm-hmm. to know, like, how do you set up a scene and how do you get that your partner into the headspace for a dark age yeah, play? And I think- that's super common. Like, I mean, when most people think of dark age play or BDSM in general, they're thinking of like dark pain, punishment, hurting the other person. But like (laughs) BDSM is really so, so much more than that. So some different ways to incorporate BDSM that aren't that negative dark stuff. I mean, you can do very positive things like say, okay, little one, we're going to lay you down for a massage now and, and maybe break out some, some really easy to use bedroom restraints and kind of bind them to the bed. Now they're in bondage. You start doing just like a regular massage. You might uh, open up and try some different things like wax is really popular or sensation play with like ice and pinwheels and feathers. All, there's um, basically a million possibilities, but you don't have to approach it as, oh, you've been bad. Now you need to get this thing. It can be a positive experience. Wow. A light bulb just went on in my head because I'm realizing dark age play doesn't need to be mean. Right. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> okay. I always I, just um, associated it with that. <laughs> a, a close friend of mine actually <laughs> once told me, he said, dark age play is, is all about making BDSM bright, glittery, and pastel. And that's, <laughs> it, it's kind of true. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Okay, so, you know, like stuff like maybe wax play and, you know, elements like that you can incorporate. It seems like it's almost a little bit, I, I don't know. Okay, so I would consider my style of momming like really immersive and like genuine to like a little experience like i don't know how else to describe it like i treat my little like a mommy would to her little kid and then it seems like with dark age play elements you're just making it more like adult and sexy like i don't know how else to describe it i think that can absolutely happen a lot of the bdsm things are kind of sexual or can be very sexual but i think there is ways to incorporate a soft sensual gentle mommy personality into a bdsm dark age play dynamic like i mean when you think about when you go to change your little one maybe just taking some some soft restraints and putting their arms down by their side so they can't fuss and get in and mess around while you're changing them. Like I would consider incorporating that bondage into the diaper change as dark age play, even though it wasn't extreme or sexual, you just kind of took away their sense of control by putting them in, in, in soft restraints. Uh, I, I would say you did dark age play and it still stayed gentle and soft. I'm taking notes because that's actually a problem that I have with him sometimes. Uh. (laughs) So that's definitely happening. Recently, I also got him like a little chastity cage. And so I guess that could be, is that technically considered dark age play? Yes. Okay. Orgasm control and chastity are are absolutely one of the, one of the big ones when it comes to BDSM and, and you've got it. Like that doesn't have to be super harsh. It doesn't hurt him. I mean, it just is a little bit snug. And then you've effectively taken away his ability to get excited whenever he wants. Now he's relying on you for being able to have that pleasure, that sensation um, whenever you determine. And uh, it's generally pleasurable for the both of you. Dark age play. I love that. Okay. Okay. You know what? I think I do some like little elements here and there unknowingly. I was just, <laughs> I was just thinking dark age play had to be this, like, we're in a dungeon and like, I'm a mistress, mommy. <laughs> like no, I'm in leather. Does, it, that's where it comes down to. It can be whatever the, whatever the partners want it to be, whatever the individual is really interested in. You can kind of make it, make it your own. I love that. So are you also into like the more gentle side of things for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a lot of my fellow friends in the dark age play community are either sadists or masochists. They really like to take a really hard spanking or they like to really swing that whip, which is okay. Me, myself, I I identify, like I said, as a sensualist. So I kind of just receive the most pleasure by giving the other person a really pleasurable, gentle, sensual experience, something that appeals to a lot of their senses, but doesn't necessarily hurt them or make it unpleasant for them. Okay. So we're talking about things like what, what, what are some of your favorite activities to do? So um, I really enjoy rope, as we mentioned earlier, and rope can be something that you can utilize in a thousand and one different ways. So sometimes uh, I'll take a little one and, and um, someone I, I want to be intimate with and I'll get them in diapers and a onesie all, all comfortable in their little space. And when they're consenting, when they're when they're open to this sort of activity, put them between my legs and start to put the rope around them, being firm but gentle, wrapping them up. And then as they get more and more strained, they kind of lose control. They're, they're yielding more to me and my movements and, and how I'm moving them. 
rope can then evolve to suspension and hanging them from different positions. And you can incorporate things like tickles and pinwheels or Wartenberg wheels. You can do fire massage. You can do that hot wax that we talked about. There's there's really a million things that you can do with with um with someone. Um, so if I gave my a big, like a top three, I would say probably rope and bondage would be my favorite. I really enjoy fire massage and fire cupping, and then maybe impact play with different spanking t- tools or sensation play with like different ways to take away sensations like hearing, sight, with taste, like take like doing ball gags or blindfold, and then caressing the person or making their 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 senses heighten and making them feel something special and tingly okay great i'm learning so much i have a couple questions so when it comes to rope how did you learn about rope did you take a class like in person or is there like a resource online that you use to kind of learn how to make all the knots and things (laughs) <laughs> so with all of these kinks that we're kind of talking about, even the simple ones like wax, we mentioned a whole bunch and just restraints. It's always important to be fully informed before you get into any of these uh, BDSM activities. There's a, an acronym that's really popular in our community. It's RAC, R-A-C-K, and it stands for Risk Aware Consensual Kink. And another one that's SSC, safe, sane, and consensual. So real quick, we'll just mention that the uh, the rack one, you need to first learn the safety and how to do these things in a way that's not going to hurt your little one. So attending classes, going to an event and learning from someone who can already do something or taking a 101 class or looking online at, at, at Kink University or with a case of rope, going to a, a site like crashrestraint.com or a different like shibari study.com there's there's lots of websites out there if you can't make it to an event to learn how to do these things safely and then that that safe sane consensual thing that we were kind of talking about we, you want to be in in the right state of mind when you in, in, engage in these kinks and in these bdsm activities you don't want to have an intoxicated little or someone who's not able to appropriately use safe words to end a scene if something gets out of control Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. And I really appreciate you taking the time to explain that. I know that like a lot of times when I want to learn how to do something, I'll like look look it up on like YouTube or something. I'm sure there's a lot of videos out there. Do you follow anyone on like Instagram or I don't know, Tumblr or Fellife or someone who is known in the community for doing rope as like a resource, like for for basically like training? (laughs) Sure. There's lots of individuals who are both into age play and and rope and kink. Not so many people who are specifically doing it um, from an education standpoint. I would say if you're looking for resources, there's probably not an, an Instagram person or a Tumblr person that you can go to specifically just for training or learning how to do something. You're better off with a website that's completely geared towards education or going to an in-person sort of class or something like that to learn. The website you mentioned was crashrestraint.com. Was that right? Like a seatbelt. Yep. Crashrestraint.com is a very good entry level kind of rope focused account that that it's a website that talks about all the safety aspects and then some basic ties to get you started. And from that website, 
or a website like Shibari Study, which is just another rope one that's not really all tanks, it's just rope. They offer like free education regarding the safety portion and you can subscribe for a little bit of paid content. Those, those sites teach you the basics to, to get you going and then from there you can jump off into in-person classes or wherever you want to take your, your newfound knowledge of those things. Wow, Panda, this was amazing. I want to thank you so much. We're running out of time here, but I've learned so much from this. I even learned that I'm actually into Dark Age play already a little bit. And I feel like now I've got some inspiration to how to, you know, switch things up a little bit when I see my boy next, which is pretty exciting. And thank you so much for sharing your story and all the information that you have. And you are so well knowledgeable about all this stuff. And I couldn't have asked for a better person to come on and talk about Dark Age play. Yeah, absolutely. Go forth and make it your own and the things that appeal to you, the things that appeal to your little, try those things out and go from there. Thanks for having me. I love it. I'll talk to you soon, Panda. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.